Hi, Ken. I'm Alan. <laughs> Fucking Alan. <laughs> Alan. This week, the two Ps review Greta Gerwig's Barbie. and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of two peas on a podcast gerald is here with you and of course my fellow p this week and every week is nick nick how you doing brother welcome to two g's on a rick cast uh i i i forgot to do it last week you and now i feel bad because i was trying to, i was trying to keep like a running thing going mm-hmm. and, and now i feel bad oh geez gerald i really tried you didn't do it I last tried. week i failed maybe i'll sneak another one in here this week to balance the scales and, and write the universe and everything will be good thought about that last week i'm like he didn't do that when i was editing back the video i thought of that you know what? Hey, you know what? Sometimes what? I want to leave it to you to actually like do some of the heavy lifting no, here. No, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> the show's not going to last very long if you do that. Let's be honest. <laughs> What's up, baby? How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to be here. Me too. Now, not to get into your personal shit here on the air, but you know, you said you had a rough week, a long week. <sighs> rough doesn't even describe it, man. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, I kind of did too, and it's like, what better time to discuss Greta Gerwig's Barbie than if you've had like kind of some turbulent shit going on in your life. So we're yeah. going to get into it tonight. We're just we're discussing Barbie this evening. That's the review this week. And I'm excited to talk about it. The way we kick off every episode though, of course, before we get into the actual review of the film is we throw one big question at each other, Nick. Now, I was also telling you before we started recording, I kind of struggled a little bit with it with this this week. I don't hear that audience not prepared. Yeah, I, that's that's what no, you're hearing, audience. No, no, not no. Prepared. Hang tight. <laughs> hang tight. <laughs> not entirely true because I've you're been... doing this for them and you're letting them down, Gerald. Wow. This is getting <laughs> really deep early in this episode. Well, I've been thinking about it for a couple of days, and I'm just like, I mean, yeah, sure, but it's not so it's not really necessarily a deep question. I guess it could be depending on mm. your answer. Okay. But I do have one I'm gonna go with. So okay, okay. do you want to throw yours at me first? I got the I got the perfect right. one. I, I got the perfect one, and it kind of came to me as soon as I walked out of the theater for this movie. Okay. In in Barbie, and I don't think this is a spoiler or anything to say this, but in Barbie, it involves Barbie going from Barbie Land, this fictional Barbie-esque land. Sure. <laughs> I lost World. where I was going with that and had no other choice. But you know, it goes from Barbie Land and, and she ends up in the real world. So I thought to myself, Gerald, what other fictional, could be action figures, could be comic books, could be whatever, what other, what other property or universe or whatever do you think would be cool to get this treatment of like the fictional property? It's like it's in its own utopia over here. And then that they cross over to the real world because a lot of a lot of hmm. what we get with comic book movies and all that kind of stuff nowadays is it, that's just the world that it is. Hmm. But imagine a comic book movie wherein the comic book characters are all in comic book world and then they come over to our world. Imagine that. Like yeah. what? So if, if just take a minute to think on that, what would be a really cool fictional universe? Any anything goes. Literally anything goes. <clears throat> so am I 
part of this or i just it does, i mean it doesn't matter you could be an outside observer you could be taking an intimate part of it you could be one of the fictional characters if you really wanted to be it could be the gerald universe mm. where it's nothing but gerald's mm. <laughs> you would love that wouldn't you <laughs> let's be honest that's your dream you right just there. you just saw that in your head and it filled you with the kind of existential like, dread that mm. barbie is filled with in this movie <laughs> you were like "Ooh, nobody's going there no, no, no. Uh, I mean, the first thing that came to mind when you started kind of phrasing the question, I kind of knew where you were going. I'm going to stick with. And it's going to be okay. like Super Mario. Nice, nice, nice. Now, I know we kind of got that in a roundabout way with, with the new film. But I don't know. I, I just grew up on that in the 80s and like playing the video game. Mario Kart I'm is gonna, one of my all-time I'm gonna faves. Throw, I'm going to throw the red flag on this, and I'm going to disqualify this answer because this is exactly what happened in the original Super Mario Brothers movie. They go from the real well, world true. into the Mushroom Kingdom. You literally just described the plot of an actual movie, Gerald. It's the first thing that popped in my head. <laughs> Dennis Hopper's there. He's got a big tongue. Yeah, yeah Bob Haskins. Yoshi's chained up weird goomba things it's glorious it's wonderful but i mean if you think about the video game properties and the characters in that video game crossing over at least how we know them now i feel like there's so much additions that have been added over the years to that and the lore is just like growing and growing and growing and it's so like childlike and kind of innocent but i mean imagine like bowser coming over to the real world <laughs> you know i mean that would be crazy Y'all, if he and I didn't I didn't see the new Super Mario Brothers movie yet, unfortunately, but oh, wow. if he wants to come over, if he wants to come over and just sing an absolute like banger like peaches in the real world, like I'd be I'd be Let's all about it. that song slaps so hard. It's so it's, good. Man, Jack Black's got perfect. It's so funny. It's so funny reading that. comments about that song. And they're like, Jack Black didn't have to go so hard on this song. And I'm like, have you ever, ever heard or seen anything Jack Black has ever done? Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. That's the only way he could have done it. Yeah, he did for sure. And it's glorious and amazing. I hope it's all peaches, 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 peaches. I hope it's all stuck in all your heads now. You're welcome. I was going to be super creepy and be like, you know, Peach, Rosalina, Daisy. Let's get them all over here to the real world. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to stick with that. I mean, I know the I, mean, I know the plot. Welcome to our review of Barbie, uh, in which they they you know they 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 talk about the patriarchy and 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 you know men being <laughs> and here boorish yeah. oafs. Yeah, welcome, sure. welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, sure. welcome to the show. Well, I'm going to stick with that answer, though. I don't. I feel like that Man. would be kind of cool. I play Mario Man. Kart daily, so to see that come over to the real world would be kind of crazy. And I'm thinking about it not necessarily from like movies or popular things i've seen but just like what it would be like for me to see it you know what i mean it would be intense so do you did you think about what you would choose for that for your own question or no i was thinking about it when i came out of the theater and i was thinking about like different action figures and stuff but like i, I know we've gotten like and i we got what i didn't i didn't see it yet or probably will never will because i don't care but like we got another transformers movie the yeah. rise of the beasts or whatever mm -hmm. What was it like a couple months ago or something? And I thought, imagine, like, reimagine the Transformers franchise like this, like where the Transformers are just in this other world and they have to go. But I mean, I guess they they live on Cybertron and they have to, like, travel here from Cybertron as it's like dying and exploding or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, there's like, think about it. Like, it you could do crazy. like action figure wise. You could do like G.I. Joe or something like that. Like everybody could go to like a GI Joe universe. That's actually good. Well, let me ask you my question then. Cause this is a perfect segue 
Okay. Now, a little caveat. My wife came up with a question for you. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, once again, Gerald, not he can't even but, be bothered. But, outsourcing. He's outsourcing his half of the work of the show. But I added Did she to see it. Barbie for you too? Did what? She saw Barbie. She saw Barbie for you. Okay. No, yeah, she wrote the review that I'm gonna be going over tonight. I'm gonna read her script. No, <laughs> uh, but I added to it. So my question is it's kind of a two-parter, but to start with, your favorite childhood toy, right? But what is a childhood toy that you hold dear that you wish you could still play with today? Or if you were given the chance, you would play with it on, you know, a regular basis today as an adult. Um, my, my favorite childhood toy was by far Georgie, who was my Cabbage Patch doll. He was bald. And his head was falling off by the time he got like so old and ragged and beaten up. Fucking Georgie. Uh, but to, to answer the second part of that question, none. I what? wouldn't play with any of the toys I played with as a kid. I don't play with toys anymore, Gerald. Why? I'm sorry. I, I, but I, 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 I don't. I'm not saying you do. I'm saying if you could, like, oh, I'm going to play with this once a week, like. I have graduated now to where, like yourself, I just have toys decorating my office. Sure. Toys graduate to a stationary kind of thing when you become an adult. Don't make me get Uncle Rico back out. I know. We're bringing him out. For me, it's Hot Wheels. That's it. Matchbox cars, Hot Wheels cars. Like, dude, if I had the time to sit down and play with those, like weekly, let's just say, I'm all about it. I don't know. I was just always doing like the little NASCAR races with my Hot Wheels and. I have two young boys now who would probably dig like, you know, we have racetracks and stuff here, like matchbox, you know, tracks that we've gotten and stuff over the, over the course of them being born. And I don't know, that would be the, that would be it for me. I mean, I'm not going to, okay. Okay. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, you know, I play with toys or whatever, but it's just like, if you wish you could, you know, next time you roll in here for a live stream for the cure, we're just going to have like an extra day where like me, you and Dan just like play together. We have a live stream of us playing with like toys. Play with our, just play with our toys. Like yeah. whatever those toys are. Can't be like video games. No. Can't be anything like that. It's got to be, got to be toy. Dan, I want you to bring your, my little pony action figure, Please. Or whatever you got. Please. Editor's note. I own no toys. I'm all about it. I'm all about seeing Dan play with my little ponies. That would be, we'd probably raise a lot of money doing that. Bring out Rainbow Dash, get Dan down there. It'll be good. Dan, for every for every My Little Pony action figure you bring, that's another super spicy chicken wing Gerald has to eat. Oh, God. Editor's note, I'm bringing a checked bag of My Little Pony action figures. I'm still feeling the effects of the last ones. I bet you are. I still got the sauce in the fridge. I can get it out. Oh, God. Please don't. I can smell it from here. I kind of was wondering what that was. <laughs> All right. We're going to get into our review of Barbie, the new Greta Gerwig film. Uh, and to start the episode every week, you got your score there. Nope. I don't got it. Nope. So before we do the review, guys, we always give you our individual scores out of 10. We do not know what each other have graded the film. We're finding out right now in real time. And then we'll kind of discuss what those scores were. Here we go. Ready, set, go. Nine out of ten, baby. Get out of out here. Out of ten. What is wrong with you? Eight. What is wrong with you? No. Nope. Out of ten. Do over. That's a do it again. Good score, by the way. Do it again. Do it again. Start again. <laughs> Start over. Eight out of ten from me. Nine out of ten from Nick. Which actually, now this is the same score from last week. Do you need to do the math again? I was going to say that. I thank God we had the episode last week. I know that that's an eight point five cumulative now because we've been through this. 
I didn't even have to bring a calculator for this. Week. Did you write up like a little decimal conversion chart for like did. whatever combination of, of reviews I we did. might have? I was like, oh, God, what if he throws me a different number than nine to this week? What am I going to do? I thought about it. I should have. All right. So eight out of 10 for me, nine out of 10 for Nicholas. Greta Gerwig's Barbie. Obviously, I'm not going to read the synopsis. I'm not going to ask you to do it. This is a movie that's been super, super hyped for actually several years back when even Amy Schumer was signed on to play the role of Barbie. But definitely the last year or so, it's been promoted and hyped, you know, everywhere. And everyone knows it's essentially a movie based on the popular toy from Mattel that we know, one of the most famous toys in pop culture. And it's kind of centered around her existential kind of realization of her connection to the real world. So we have the Barbie world, which is essentially like a kind of a toy story type deal where all the toys kind of live there and they, you know, interact with each other and, but they're just toys. Like they don't have to deal with the pressures of humanity or whatever. And then Barbie and Ken eventually cross over into our world and they kind of learn the differences between the two. And it kind of turns into the themes of the movie from there, which we'll discuss tonight. So you obviously are a big, big fan of it. I am as well. I have a few things that we'll get into when we get into the spoiler discussion of the movie. But generally, up top, give us why you love this movie so much, Nick. So first of all, this leans hard into the Barbie thing, okay? And when I say it leans hard into the Barbie thing, and I mean, okay, so let's get this out front. Uh, we're fully recommending this movie. I don't mm-hmm. think it depends on what you constitute as a spoiler for this movie, which it's not like there's any twists and turns that you don't expect to take place in this movie or anything like that. But I think we have to talk about certain aspects of the plot to really actually have a discussion sure. about it. So full spoilers from here on out. Let's just do it. Yeah, let's do it. So going and forward, I, spoilers. I really think I, I really, really think it leans it leans super, super hard into the Barbie thing. And what I mean by that is, is. Margot Robbie's character is literally like the stereotypical classical Barbie doll. She lives in a what is essentially like a Barbie play set or Barbie playhouse. Like she tips up a, a a glass with no liquid in it and like has all these different doll things. And like basically it's like she's being picked up and played with by a little girl mm-hmm. or whatever the the case may be. I actually really, really love that the movie actually leans really hard into that from the beginning. So it makes no qualms about the fact that these are just literally dolls as if it's like, you know, like little girls or little boys or whomever playing with these dolls and, and having them interact. I think that that was a wildly amazing decision to to take this on because let's, let's, let's be realistic here. You could have just made a Barbie movie where Barbie is just. I don't know, like a character in the real world somehow. Like, I don't know how contextualize that or whatever, but you could have made this movie any number of different ways. But I really, really think just framing this from the get go as this is very clearly a doll living in a like dollhouse, like this idyllic life, this idyllic world. Perfect choice. I agree. I mean, kind of like some overlying umbrella thoughts i have like i love how gerwig which by the way i mean greta gerwig has got to be one of the best alive making movies right now and she's doing so many different films like lady bird little women barbie like they're all kind of like not even close to being in the same (laughs) wheelhouse they're all a little bit different and we'll talk about gerwig a lot tonight in her style of filmmaking but i love how she to speak to what you just added or to add to what you just said like 
she kind of you know used a lot of like natural like practical backdrops and stuff and like the set mm-hmm. design was so immaculate where it was like a barbie dream house kind of set up in a little girl's room brought to life yep and i really love the attention to detail with the colors and you know how in the wizard of oz they had like the backdrops that were clearly just like a giant you know wall or whatever it was made to look like you know and they did a lot of that in barbie obviously intentionally to kind of play homage to that and kind of give that image of like this isn't real you know this is like a playset so I really loved a lot of the decisions that were made and a lot of the choices that were made in the movie. The performances, and we'll talk about those now if you want, but I thought the cast as a whole was phenomenal. But I mean, Ryan Gosling was a standout for me. I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. And Michael Sarah let's say, was a little bit of a bit part, but whenever he was on screen in this movie, I was literally like ear to ear, like grinning. I mean, this guy is so just like, you know, charismatic and just like foolish. And and I mean, just him in general. But in this movie specifically as Alan, he was a great kind of breath of fresh air whenever he showed up in the movie. And he was kind of the unsung hero of the movie, too, to be honest. Uh, You know, we don't perfectly cast. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Margot Robbie is Barbie. I mean, forget it, dude. I mean, who else are that? Yeah. I mean, it's absolute perfect casting. Helen Mirren even has a really cool joke where the fourth wall is broken where she's like, you know, because Margot Robbie's talking about how she doesn't feel pretty and stuff. And then Helen Mirren comes in as the narrator. And she's like, we realize casting Margot Robbie as this character doesn't make this believable at all or whatever she says, you know, because she's obviously yeah. like perfect, you know, and she is Barbie essentially in the in real life. So. Which leans really hard into how kind of self-aware this movie is. Like, it it really, really definitely approaches this in in that perspective that it's very, very aware of the type of movie it wants to be. And I think tonally, I think that that Gerwig is going for a very specific tone in this film. And I think she knocks it out of the park. Going for, like, it's it's this extremely surreal world obviously barbie land where it's like i mean literally like the the water's plastic the the sand is like this this pink plastic like Mm -hmm. whatever it's like you said all the sets are are just like literally it's it's literally just a child's playset so i think tonally i think i think gerwig is going for this kind of this whimsical kind of satirical tone and i mean let's let's like dial it even further back to the beginning with the uh, i mean just how good's the homage to kubrick in the in the opening how how good is that how good is that homage in the opening i need dan to see barbie and dan dan's editing this and getting spoiled by it because he hasn't seen it yet i need dan to see the first like five minutes of barbie because he hates kubrick so i just need dan to see just that part yeah no that was great it's so good it's so so good i mean it's a wonderful wonderful homage to kubrick in that way i really really loved it but yeah i think i think totally this movie knows exactly what it's going for it wants to present this kind of hyper surreal almost childlike innocent naive kind of world because then when you juxtapose that when they finally get to the real world when you get these characters interacting with real people who have real problems who have real like emotional issues and things like that it's a it's a it's it's a huge amazing contrast and i really really love that well this I'm not saying I disagree with you, but I I wanted to ask you a little bit. I felt, and maybe this is just my interpretation, but I felt like there was like kind of shifts in tone throughout the movie where it kind of 
not confuse me, but it kind of took me in different directions. Like there would be, you know, portions of the film that were kind of like almost slapsticky, like with the Will Ferrell stuff, for example, uh, and the Mattel headquarters or whatever. And then there would be other like really kind of existential, like, like I got emotional in a couple scenes that, I mean, that's great. I'm glad I did, but I just saying it, it kind of felt like maybe out of left field a little bit. There's the one scene where Barbie's in the real world and she's sitting on a park bench at like a bus stop or whatever. And she sees this elderly lady sitting down across from her on the park bench. Mm-hmm. And the elderly lady has no, we don't see her again in the movie. Like she has no, you know, she doesn't have anything to do with the actual plot of the film. She just happens to be there when Barbie's there. And Barbie mm-hmm. looks over at her and says, you know, you're beautiful. And the old lady says, I know. And it's, you know, and that's when Barbie ends up shedding her single tear, Margot Robbie, you know, to tremendous effect. But yeah, yeah. what I thought was really cool was that that those types of feelings that I had from this movie was like Barbie's here in, 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 on Earth, if you will, or in the real world. And she's seeing these things that are completely foreign to her, completely different, like nothing she's ever seen that would not necessarily be seen as quote unquote, the definition of beauty. If you know, a random person were to look it up and she sees it as beautiful. And that really kind of struck a chord with me emotionally that, um, we kind of need to take ourselves back out of what we're used to and kind of look around us and see what, you know, what, what we have there. And, but you see what I'm saying? Like, I felt like the movie and I, and I love Gerwig, but you're saying that she was kind of sure handed with the tone. And maybe it was intentional, but I felt like the tone was kind of up and down a little bit. Like there would be 30 minutes where I was laughing my ass off and the next 30 minutes I'm like crying. So I, I don't know. Is that just me or I'm asking you like your interpretation of the tone setting there? I mean, I, re- I really love the emotional journey that this film takes you on because it, it's trying to I mean, and, and number one, like, I mean, Mattel for Mattel to have given them, <laughs> I, it, they had to have given Gerwig like carte blanche, mm-hmm. really to do whatever they wanted with this property. And it's, it's, it's pretty critical of like it is. Barbie's like the image that Barbie has kind of painted for the world, because it's kind of painted like this image that little girls have to live up to for so long. Like this image of like, you know, thinness and, and tall and like all these different physical attributes that like a little girl is supposed to live up to or, or whatever, like, for Mattel to have kind of basically just let Gerwig be like, no, this is like, like there's that one scene where like Barbie reaches, like she's trying to find the little girl who's playing with her. At least so she thinks she's trying to find that little girl to kind of try to figure out like what's happened. And as far as Barbie's concerned in Barbie land, they think that the world's like this amazing utopia where they've made women all amazingly strong. And like all of them have, have striven to be like all these amazing, incredible things. And, and and then she just kind of gets read the riot act by the little girl of like, no, you suck. Right. Like you've literally made life horrible for us right. forever because it's impossible to live up to the standard that you present. And I think like there's a lot of different things in this movie. Like, and, and you know, like I've been struggling a lot and, and like this past week and like just past this year, like I've had a lot of rough, rough, rough times this year, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and I think that I'll, one of the one of the big things about this movie is like how just like the the, the quietest victories i mean america ferrera's character says it like toward the end of the movie about like 
what about a Barbie that's just like, you know, just like a normal, just like a normal person who's like, I picked out, I picked out like the right sweater and that's, that's, that's great for me. Like, that's okay for me. Right. Like, that's like the perfect day for me. You know, like I've been struggling so much in my own life. Like I have been just trying to find any little kind of quiet thing or anything like that to celebrate. So I, I love that it's, it's Gerwin kind of going after that whole idyllic like like really the idyllic idea that barbie once represented like mm-hmm. that barbie was supposed to be like this perfect this perfect ideal of beauty and of of even like achievement or, or, or anything like that and i i mean i i love that the film has its 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 moments of levity and i love that the film takes you on those emotional journeys as well i think it's all part of the same ride mm-hmm. i really love that it's all part of the same ride you know it's 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 swinging you from and really trying to put you in Barbie's high heels, as it were, mm-hmm. to understand like a character who has never experienced any of these kinds of emotions before to really opening her eyes to being able to feel all these things and see all these things and experience all these things for the first time. Like that scene on the bus bench, like the scene with the old woman on the bus bench, like there's such a quiet power in in that scene. Like just telling people and like, you know, like my brand, like Nikolai's Kitchen and like something that I focused on like the past few years of my life is like positivity, positive energy. There's so much power in just saying something good or just doing some quiet little thing to make somebody else's day better in some way. Mm-hmm. I think that's the real power of this movie is 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 like just taking that little that little quiet power and just like, man, like, you know what? Like a lot of days, like a lot of days, a lot of us are just trying to survive out right. here. You know, and like a lot of days aren't going to be like these perfect, amazing, incredible days. We're not going to be like the most beautiful. We're not going to feel the most beautiful. We're not going to feel the most incredible. And for me, like the film really is 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 a way of 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 reassuring that it's okay to just be that. Like it's okay to just it's okay to have bad days, and it's okay to just celebrate the mundane. Celebrate, like you said, like celebrate this idea like like you know just tell this old woman who nobody you know in, in a cynical way nobody would look at and say oh you're beautiful or whatever mm-hmm. and to in, instead treat that as a genuine moment because sure. all people in some way or another are or can be beautiful you know sure. I, I love that about this movie and and that was like really the thing that really really moved me about this movie like i was dude i was in tears by the end of this movie yeah. like i was just like i was racked man yeah like, i was really really racked. yeah i mean i'm with you because the movie really does go to those places where it's existential and it's just like you know kind of like where we fit in you could say the universe but i mean even, who am i you know yeah, even more drilled down like where do i fit yeah. in my family or in my community or you know i mean you could kind of look at it from different directions but it really mm-hmm. does kind of present those questions to you through this character of barbie and the people that she's around but uh let's get a little bit into we'll talk about the performances too but real quick um so this is going to be like kind of a quick summary but basically they go to the real world barbie and ken you know ken hitches a ride with her because he wants to be supportive so they're there kind of trying to figure things out and trying to get to mattel and ken kind of has a turn and you know he was kind of the ken that we know from the barbie toy line right like he was there to be an accessory to the main act he's and ken yeah Yeah, he's he's and and ken Ken, right so we get to and that's what goes to the real world with her fully supporting her major crush 
wants nothing in the world, in the Barbie world, more than to have her affection, be by her side. And Ryan Gosling absolutely kills it in that role and really sells it. So they get to the real world. And Ken starts to kind of learn how things really are in America. And, I, and I'm putting it that way because that's the, kind of the way it is, at least historically. You know, things are changing, but historically. And you know, there's really fucking hilarious montage where it has a bunch of pictures of Sylvester Stallone and like he's picturing, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. like what a man is supposed to be. And this montage, she kind of comes to the realization, like, you know, here in America or in the real world, dudes are in charge. You know, I'm a guy. Mm-hmm. Why am I taking a backseat to my lady if I if I'm a guy and this is the way it's going on in the real world? So he goes mm-hmm. back to Barbie Land and essentially the men, if you will, kind of take the Kens. The Kens kind of take over. Yep. I did not see that coming. Uh, nothing in the trailers or anything would have led me to believe that it was going to be a Kens versus Barbies kind of scenario when we got back to the third act of this film. How did that mm-hmm. sit with you? Did you see that coming? Was that like interesting turn to you or what? what's your thoughts on that? I really, I, I really, really loved it. And I, I can't take credit for this because I found it somewhere on Twitter, but I saw someone point out that Ken is basically a supporting female character in like any other movie literally ever. Mm. I mean, he's basically just like, like you think about like how many movies you've seen over the course of your life where there's just like a female character who's just yeah. there to pretty to look at. And like, I mean, you think about him in this movie, like he's just always basically like shirts open, sculpted abs. Right. Like we're always just kind of like looking in on him. Like I can, like I said, I can't take credit for that. I saw that somewhere on Twitter that someone pointed that out. But like, I could see that. I really, I really, 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 really loved that because on on one hand, like they don't exist, and I mean, you know, we could talk about like the whole patriarchy aspect of the film uh, as well. But I, I, I really, really think that these characters don't have any agency, and I think that what Gerwig is doing is is taking these characters that are just, it's like you said, they're accessories. It's and Ken. He doesn't have an identity of his own. He doesn't have an identity right. of his own outside of Barbie, you know? And, like, you really think about the point that this film is trying to make in terms of female characters in film, like, over the course of the history of film, how many female characters are literally and this character. They only exist in service to the male character, in service to the male lead. I love that that flips it on its head and it criticizes that and it points out, like, how sad that is and how, like we really, really need to have strong female characters who aren't just ancillary to the uh, ancillary to the male lead or whatever. So I really, really loved that. And you know what this movie's trying to say and what this movie's trying to, trying to point out. And, and I I've already seen, I've already seen the reviews. I'm sure you've seen people online that have already been doing this too, where they're calling it anti-male and, and, and all these different things. And like, I'm sorry, but if you subscribe to the type of patriarchy that this film is criticizing, AKA that women should be shoved into subservient roles and just be nothing of service tools for men, basically like they go back to Barbie lane and that's literally what it is. They have taken all of the Barbies once Ken gets back there and they've relegated them all to service roles. They're all, like bringing them drinks and right. like just doing nothing mm-hmm. but serving right. them. That's... I'm sorry, but it, this is not the fifties anymore. Like the mm-hmm. world has moved on and like, you need to, you need to get on board. I'm like, I'm sorry if, if you're somebody that still prescribes to this kind of mindset, because 
it's baffling to yeah, me I think that people pro- still do. I think a, a major glitch there with the, the proportion of the masculine society that you're talking about, because I've seen a lot of that like kind of blowback on it as well, is that you look, you you see movies and you see popular media and you listen to songs and all that stuff. You do it through a lens, right? So yep. we're looking at it through a male lens. I mean, we're, you and I, I mean, are straight males so we're looking at it through really all that we know i mean we're not women we've never been women so we're not going to be able to see it from a woman's point of view now you know can we be sympathetic to it and can we borrow from the experiences of the women in our lives that are close to us our mothers our wives our daughters whatever then that that's the hope right so then you have this portion of the population that's not willing to do that they're looking at it through their lens, which that part I get because at the end, you know, in the last act of this film, the Kins in Barbie land essentially end up kind of where they started. They kind of end up being accessories and they kind of end up not really having any forward motion in the film. So that part I get, but then it's like, What's what are we really what is this movie really about? It's not about the Ken's story. It's about kind of female empowerment, but also it's yep. but also it's about, like I said earlier, just kind of knowing your place in society and kind of figuring that out. And that really doesn't matter yep. what sex you are. Now, in this movie, it's represented by Barbies and predominantly females, but that's not why that's the message of this movie. Do you know what I mean? So I've I wanted to point I wanted to kind of piggyback on what you said there because I feel like it's unfortunate that these like alpha males or whatever you want to call them are like let's boycott Barbie because it hates men. It doesn't hate men. But this your boycott your boycott did work. Uh the, it did the opening not work. receipts. I think this <laughs> is the biggest biggest opening weekend ever for a female director. Yes, it absolutely so big, big ups to did for not that. work. Yeah. But it's like crazy because and I think you actually put something on Twitter after you saw it about, you know, the male's fragile ego and that. Oh yeah. This, this movie's coming for your male fragility. That's if, what you if, said, if you're yeah. someone who can't, who, if you're someone who can't uh, abide the, the idea of, of strong women, women who have mm-hmm. their own place in society, who have their own life, their own goals, their own, their own dreams, their own desires outside of a man. If you if you're somebody who can't handle that and you think that women should only be relegated to how they can serve you, then you know, then then yeah, this movie's coming for you. This movie is is literally coming straight at you, right? Uh, because that's an outmoded, outdated, you know, thing of society. That the, the world that's just not the world that we live in anymore, and, and and I'm glad that we live in this world. I love people to have agency. I want like I I struggle so much, and I don't know if you can you can attest to this, G, but I struggle so much to to figure out who the heck I am mm-hmm. most of the time to figure out like my own things in life. Like I I struggle so so much, literally all the time, yep. like whenever I'm able to find like that little bit of agency, like I, and, and, and like you said, we're, we're just two, we're just two straight white dudes reviewing this movie. I can't even begin to imagine how difficult it has been for women to go through the things that they've had to go through. I I really, really can't, right. you know, but uh, I, I mean, all I, all I can do is just, you know, I, I want everyone to have, their own agency and everyone to just be the person that they want to be. No one should, no one should be 
relegated to just serving somebody else, unless they, it's, that's what they want to do or something. Sure. But, you know, to be relegated to that because society says you have to, like, no, that's terrible. That's a horrible, ridiculous, outmoded way of living. And if you ever, like, I mean, I, tell my sister that because she'll, she'll, she's a Marine. She'll, she'll, she'll shut you straight. <laughs> yeah. And I agree. And I think that, <laughs> and I think what's, kind of unfortunate is the closed mindedness when it comes to a film like Barbie because it really is. If you could go into a movie like this with an open mind, I think Greta Gerwig and everybody involved is trying to open your mind, but do it in a fun way, not like a preachy way. You know, like this is a very fun movie. It's, you know, well intentioned and it's uplifting, you know, and I think that you know, it's obvious to me. I, I feel like it's obvious to me. And I mean, I, you can comment if you disagree, but I think it's obvious that, you know, women in general, but, you know, those that have that are mothers that have kids would even get more of a connection to this film um, because of some yep. of the themes in the movie and especially America Ferreira's character in the real world. And, you know, the monologue she gives that was to die for. I mean, nobody's really mentioning her name in, in different circles I follow for award season and stuff, but America Ferreira is fucking phenomenal in this. I mean, she is really, yeah. really good in this. Yeah, she's fantastic. In a supporting role. Yeah. Um, let's get into the performances a little bit. So we're just talking about her. Uh, she was a standout for me. Ryan Gosling, dude. I mean, <laughs> this guy. Gosling. I mean, Gosling, the, the thing about Gosling is like we were just talking about Jack Black, like straight up going for it with Peaches in that Mario movie. Yeah. Gosling just straight goes for it in this movie. He 100% leans into every single thing about this movie. That's, 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 and and it's because the performances of this movie is because the actors in this movie are really going at this and taking it like as seriously as they are, but with their tongue firmly planted in their cheek when it needs to be. John Cena shows up as a mermaid, (laughs) I guess. Absolutely loved that. That was absolutely amazing. Great. And, I mean, how great Kate McKinnon as Weird She's Barbie. Good, I mean, yeah. how good, how good is Kate McKinnon, dude? Like, yeah, and what else? I mean, all the performances of this movie understand the assignment. Every single one of them understands the movie they're trying to be part of, and the like. Like I said, just it's it's meant to be this surreal, whimsical tone, but it's also meant to kind of make you have a little bit of an existential think like like figure out what is because barbie's trying to find her place in the world in this movie what is your place in the world who are you like what is your life like where is your agency you know and how can you how can you as a person like help others achieve that agency how can you as a person help other people like achieve some sense of self right you know and like awaken that in them like that's what kind of ken's arc like reaching the end of the movie that's kind of because because he doesn't have an identity outside of and ken like dude how what what if they don't perform i'm just ken at the oscars i'm gonna riot it better get nominated uh, I'm gonna ride. I don't care have, if it gets nominated or not, but they better perform it at the well, Oscars. If it gets nominated, they better they perform, have to it. perform it. So they perform the five well, nominees. So I hope it does. Well, but geez. yeah, I mean, this is the Oscars. You never know; they're gonna take something else away, like they do every other. That year. was so good. And you know, and speaking to the kind of shifts in tone that we talked about earlier, there'll be times in this movie where it's like you're going, you're going along, you're going along, and then it'll it'll literally be a musical, <laughs> and there'll be like a choreographed yep. number. You know, you mentioned I'm just Ken, but there I mean there was a couple others. 
when I and I love like there's there's two opening musical numbers like there's one at the beginning of the movie where it's literally singing along as Barbie's doing all the actions in the song and then when Barbie has that just kind of offhanded quip hey do you guys ever think about dying <laughs> and like everything and then she wakes up the next day and then she has like the really like off day for right, her right the song is once again following along with her every move it's really whimsical it's really really great yeah. i really really love that I and i think like to, to touch back on the tonal shifts that this movie takes like you were talking about i think that gerwig does it intentionally i think it's meant because i think those emotional moments that the movie hits i think they're really meant to hit hard mm-hmm. and they do hit really they really do. hard it's like when america ferrera like goes on that rant and like like, dude, like, I mean, think about you, like, like, you know, we're, we're, we're the people that we are, you know, but like, could you imagine having to go through your life living like that? Mm-hmm. Having to, having to deal with all those different kinds of minutia. And it's not to say like, I mean, this, this is not our place to, you know, sit here and say, but men, you know, in, in this space, but like everybody, that's, that's life for everybody. Everybody's got like just an absolute, just tidal wave of stuff coming at them, like literally at all times. So just like, I, I really, really think that just like it's it's okay to just exist and it's okay to just to just not have to strive for greatness sometimes and it's okay to just mm-hmm. be quiet or live a quiet life and 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 all those different kinds of things. I mean, I I really I really just went on like a roller coaster ride emotionally with this movie. I would like I said I was I was really really emotional several times. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's the, there's definitely the female empowerment aspect and there's the there's the, you know, outdated patriarchal model that this movie criticizes and whatnot. But like I said, I mean, could you imagine you imagine living like that? It's crazy. I can't. And that's where like this movie wants people like have empathy for people. Exactly. And that's and that I think is one of the main things, too, is it's just having empathy for people, having empathy for the things that people struggle with. Sometimes it's a real struggle to wake up in the morning and just pick out the right freaking shirt. I know. And feel comfortable in your own skin and, and 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 not feel like you just want to jump out of your skin and scream or feel like you have this impossible standard to live up to mm-hmm. you know like i have to deal with stuff like that like all the time like i like like i said this is this, i have not had a good year man i've had i've had like a really really rough year like i've had a really rough time of things uh, with, with 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 different times with with questioning like all these different things mm-hmm. you know and and I mean, I just, I, that's kind of the place that this movie took me to. Is it really connected to like those parts of me that wants me to be okay with just, you know, celebrating those small victories and stuff, which I'll just say, um, and I appreciate you sharing that stuff, but I mean, I'll just say that's fucking crazy that that is being elicited from a Barbie movie. Like, think about that. Like a movie essentially based on a child's toy from, I think like the fifties initially, and we have all these different emotions kind of going through us, definitely when we're watching it. But as we're sitting here reflecting on it, like it's almost like it feels like the archetype of like an SNL skit because it's like, how could, <laughs> right? Because I mean, it's like, how could a movie based on a Barbie doll bring forth? But it does. And I think that really is a testament to Gerwig's filmmaking. I mean, you know, Little yeah, Women, really for example, is, is, is a, a story that I've heard a hundred times. And seeing Gerwig's interpretation of that movie took me on emotional rides that I'm like, I know what's going to happen, but I'm still emotional from the way that she's shooting the film and the way that, you know, she's diving into these different character strengths. And so she does that again here. Um, 
such a phenomenal movie that is. Yeah, I know. It really was. It was definitely easily one of the best of that year. I can't believe she didn't get oh, her easily. nomination for that. Easily. But we'll see what happens with Barbie. But, you know, what I was going to say about Ryan Gosling when we first started that last segment was to him, you know what? I, and I don't know that this was necessarily his intention. And maybe this is me, but I literally saw him in this movie as if a Ken doll came to life. Like I literally like he absolutely nailed the kind of persona and speech and, you know, kind of tomfoolery and just like kind of dumb in a lot of respects. And I don't know. I just kind of feel like that's what the Ken doll would be in real life, you know, and and I mentioned Toy Story before and there's definitely elements of that in there. I saw a little bit of Truman Show in this. Did you get those vibes or no? Jim Carrey, Truman Show. Mm, yeah, I, I, I guess I can see that now that you mention it. Kind of a little bit um, where they're kind of, quote unquote, being played with in their other world and the real world yeah, over here. Yeah. yeah, I can I can I can see I can see that we um, we don't get as much of closure in Truman Show as we got in Barbie, but I kind of saw some parallels there. Yeah. So we talked about the performances. Gosling was a standout for me. Uh, you know, bit parts I love from Michael Sarah. America Ferrera was great. Margot Robbie. Uh, I'll ask you real quick. I'll put it on the spot. Margot Robbie, one of the best working today. Easily. Would you put her in one? Would you put her in one of the best actresses of all time? Modern, certainly. I'm going to say of all time. All time. All time is all time is a bigger discussion. But I mean, you you think about doing films like what was the what was the Fox News uh, flick that Bombshell. she did with Bombshell? Bombshell. Yeah, I mean. How good's that movie? I, like, how good is is yeah. she in that movie? Yeah, I Tanya. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, she's Babylon. she's utterly incredible. Let's go, Babylon Hive. Ride is up, and she has she has so much she has so much range. Yeah, like, she really does. And and she's I mean she's she's one of the most incredible actors working today. And I mean, yeah, you, I mean, I think I think an all time discussion is like too big for me to try to think. Of, I know but, it is, but I'm know. thinking to myself, she might be because I don't know that she's done anything subpar. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I mean, every. And I'm not talking about her performances necessarily, even because they're all good. She's even a standout in, I mean, like the original Suicide Squad in 2016. I mean, not a a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but she as Harley Quinn is phenomenal. Easily, like probably the best part of those those uh, those movies. Yeah, I think she's one of the best. And I think Gosling is, you know, one of the best actors as well. And uh, we've already Gosling's always I mean, Gosling has always had such incredible range i mean he's always he's been like the heartthrob but he also plays like the action pieces he plays the funny stuff with think about films like the nice guys guys. yeah i mean like there's this he he has so much and then he does weird quirky stuff like lars and the real girl i mean Mm -hmm. he's his career has gone everywhere yeah like he's done literally everything and anything under the sun it's been a crazy ride with him yeah two actors in these two lead roles in this movie that i literally can't even give you another name that should play these roles i mean they absolutely were born to do them and they they slayed it uh do you think we're gonna get a sequel based on the success of this what do you think and if we do what would you like to say my thing is is where does the sequel what does the sequel say mm-hmm. because a lot of this film is about finding agency and finding your place in the world and figuring out who you are where does this go in terms of like, I don't know, Barbie left at the end of the world, at the end of the movie to come to the real world and just basically live in the real world. Like, 
she had outgrown Barbie land. Like she wasn't able to stay there anymore because there's different. She's got work to do in the real world. Now she wants to help make the real world a better place and things like that, which is fantastic. Where does a, where does a sequel go though? Let's call it just Ken. Let's make it a Ken centric story and let's have Greta Gerwig write it and Bombach direct it. What do you think? But where does it go though? (laughs) I'm on board. I'm know. on board. I, I love know. I love Gerwig. <laughs> I, I love Bombach. I love Gosling. I'm all, I'm all on board for that. But where yeah. does that go? I don't know. Because he think... already went on the journey in this movie of he's just he needs to he needs his own agency too. He needs to become his own character too, and not just an accessory to Barbie. I don't know, but I you think know? with the success of this film, I mean, we're only three days in or whatever, and it's like 170 million or something crazy. I mean, I. And then imagine all the toys they're going to sell from this and the Barbie, you know, merch. I mean, they're going to probably end up doing a sequel. Now, I hope Gerwig stays with the story and kind of like continues her vision. If she if she has another if she has another story to tell, if she has yeah. more to say in this universe, then I'm all for yeah. it. If not, if you if, if if you don't get Gerwig involved in it. I don't think I'm on board without Gerwig. Yeah, then it's tough. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm on it without Gerwig. Honestly, it would be a tough sell for me too. Because so much of this movie is is this is this this is Gerwig wanting to say this to the audience. That's what so much of this movie is. Yeah, it'd be a tough sell and for me too. That's what I really love so much about this. Is it's it, like I said, this is it's so much of Gerwig. You know, and think about like you mentioned films like Little Women. Like think about how good Gerwig is at crafting characters. And I know this is a Barbie movie, but think about how really well crafted these characters are yeah i agree do we get that with another director i don't know I don't you know do we get that with do we get that with somebody else like i mean gerwig's gerwig's got the caliber like the she brings she she can do humor she can do all that stuff but she also brings that dramatic edge to this and like that kind of depth to this that i think this story needed i agree i think you could have very easily made this a very shallow very surface level very bland boring silly kind of movie that had no deeper thematic heft to it but and i think that's 100 percent gerwig mm-hmm. that's all gerwig in the in the in the script and in the direction so i like i said i i don't know where I'm struggling so much to even think of where you would take, and it's not that I even haven't thought about it before you answer, asked me that question, but where do you take that sequel? Yeah. Where does that sequel even go? You know, do you maybe, maybe take it back to my big question, G, maybe there's other toy universes and they're coming to life and crossing over with the real world too. And Barbie has to and save. Like, yeah. Barbie has to yeah. save. I don't know. You bring in like, like I said, the GI Joe universe or something or whatever. <laughs> hey, Cena could come. I don't back. know. John Cena could come back. I don't That'd know. be great. Get, get, get Cena. Get Cena. <laughs> put Cena in everything. I love Cena. I do too. He's hilarious. Put him in everything. All right. So, any uh, last thoughts you want to say on Barbie that we didn't cover? Any favorite scenes or performances or anything we didn't talk about? Nicholas, are you you good there? Before we get to our fan feedback. I mean, I think. I love the musical numbers. Can't wait. I'm wearing the countdown shirt right now. I can't wait to hear Paul complain about the musical numbers in this movie because you know he's going to. Yeah, of course. I love them, though. I really think that they really kind of are an accent mark on the tone that Gerwig's going for in this movie. She wants that whimsy. She wants that lightness until she doesn't, until she wants to wallop you with the emotional beats. And that's what I love so much about it. So, no, not really anything else about it. I loved it from start to finish. I cried a lot for a 40, almost 43-year-old man in a Barbie movie. Yeah. And I'm not sad about it. Like, I really, really loved this movie. And it, yep. it's it, we talked about this with past lives, too. But films that get these high ratings, 
they're movies that stay with you when you yep. leave the cinema. They're movies that you keep thinking about when you leave the cinema. And a lot of what I think about when I think about this movie is what is my place? You know, yeah. what's my agency? How am I going to celebrate, you know, the little moments of beauty, the little things of beauty that I see in the world every day, like a beautiful woman sitting on a bus bench, mm -hmm. you know, Gerwig didn't have to leave it in. And I read something on Twitter, like somebody did an interview with her and asked her about that scene. Like, why did you leave it in here? And she had to fight to keep it in the movie. Yeah, I saw the that too. Producers wanted to cut it. They wanted to cut it out of the movie, and Gerwig's like, this is the whole point of the movie. Right. It's like these beautiful, these beautiful little moments. Like, yeah, like it's it doesn't mean anything to the plot necessarily of Barbie trying to go back to Barbie Land or what no, of course it doesn't. But that's the whole point of this movie, is like these beautiful, beautiful little things. Taking the time, taking the time to celebrate the beautiful little things in life every day. Yeah. The everyday victories, the everyday wins, finding just the all the, the everything has sucked and everything has been terrible and, and you've had a bad week you've had a bad month whatever it is but you just you just managed to comb your hair right that day or put on a nice shirt and you you look you feel like you look good in the morning and sometimes that's enough well you know you know i agree and you know barbie and ken when they come to the real world is it, to me it's kind of like aliens coming to earth i mean they don't know yeah. what the hell like they have no idea yeah, they have no idea you know? which was all i mean and, and like i mean that was very i mean but the the film doesn't have like a super long runtime or anything like that so it's got to kind of get you in like get them integrated with like the real world fast so it throws a lot of like the like they're getting cat called at a construction site and somebody comes up and just smacks her butt and all these different mm -hmm. things so i mean i it, it really has to kind of throw that different stuff in there and i mean think of barbie and ken didn't even touch like the some of the worst stuff that's going on in the world. I know, I know. In the, in the real world, you know? Yeah, like they, all they kept it Wars pretty. and all these other different things. Like, ugh. Exactly. Yeah, they didn't even touch some of that stuff. So, obviously, a high recommend from the two Ps, an 8.5 cumulative score on Barbie. Uh, go see it. It's a fun time. Nick, real quick, like maybe like a one-minute response. Do you think this movie is okay for kids? It's rated PG-13, just so everyone knows. I'm going to let my son see it now that I've seen it. He's nine. I think it's okay, like eight or nine or 10 or more. So I have, so my fiance, Rebecca, you've met Rebecca. Her sister has a daughter who is six mm. and she reached out to me and asked, like, what do you think is this okay for? Is it, would this be okay for like a six year old to see now? It doesn't have like any violence. Like it, it has like the Ken's doing a fight, but they're using like, yes, hilarious. You know, yeah plunger tipped arrows and stuff like that like it's really just funny like there's a lot of really funny moments and i think any of the more adult stuff is really going to fly over a kid's head i'm alarmed that this got pg-13 i guess just because of the moments of like barbie getting her butt smacked and like punching the one person in the face yeah i'm not really sure why it did either i think there might and, be and one whatever. is there one f-bomb in it or no it, but it got bleeped out. Oh, it it's did. not even it's not even in the movie it gets bleeped but yeah, i mean I it's in there why like, you know what too, actually but yeah yeah, you, you know what you know what you know what she says, but yeah, they bleep it out. And like, I mean, I think so. I told I told her to go. I told her yeah. to take her. You know, especially for little girls, like it's definitely a film for mothers and daughters mm -hmm. and things like that. I I I think that she. I think that as a mom, I think she'll get more out of it than even uh, her daughter will. Her daughter's like going to be a little bit young for like all the more weighty adult themes that would come mm -hmm. at her. But yeah, I, I, I would think so. I, I think, think so. I don't too. think there's anything in here that's really objectionable. I think so too. Like I said, I fully intend to see it again with my nine-year-old son. So I think yeah. it's, I think it's fine. I'm actually, now that you mentioned, I'm sitting there going, why is it PG-13? I'm not really sure. I, I don't yeah. know if maybe the themes were why or what, but like you said, if there's anything super deep, 
it's like kids aren't really going to be focusing on that anyway, you know? Yeah, kids are going to be focusing on like, you know, the the fun musical numbers and like the all the silly cartoonish effects and things like that, you know? Yeah, and seeing their Barbie dolls come to life, which is what happens in the first yeah. act of the movie, which is great. Yeah, so like I I honestly I I I I think it I think it would be fine. All right, high recommend from the peas, 8.5 on Barbie. Uh before we wrap up, we are going to go over and read the comments section, Nick. Each of us pick a question that was thrown out at us to answer that is related to Barbie in some way or tangentially or whatever. I've got one, uh, but I think I went first last week. Do you have one that you want to answer over there from the fans? So I guess the question I'm going to go with for this, for this week then is going to be Tony Dobish. You know him, you love him. I know him. I love him. Tony, you're amazing dude. And I know he's quoting the movie here, Mm -hmm. but when I looked at the list of questions, this was really the one that jumped out at me. G. Do you guys ever think about dying? Same question I picked. So I got to do a second one, but go ahead. You'll have to do a second one. But I mean, I I honestly got like, yeah, Tony. Yeah, all the time. Like, uh, especially like as a as a 43-year-old dad, like the amount of existential dread I'm filled with, not just for myself, but for my children, literally all the time of like thinking about like the mark that I've left on the world. Like, have I made enough of a good difference in the world and people's lives? Have I made people's lives better? All those kinds of things. Like, yeah, yeah. I think about it literally and, and not like in a, am I afraid of dying kind of sense, but in a, am I very aware of my mortality? And like, I've got less time on the clock than I did say a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And I still have so much left to achieve and all those kinds of things. Yeah. And that just kind of creates this existential pressure and weight that gets heavier every single day. Yes. Yeah. That got way deeper than I wanted it to, but yes. well, no, it's interesting. Cause I, that was going to be my pick too. And I was going to tell Tony also, yes, but more recently uh, in the last like couple of years. And obviously I'm ever since you met Dan, <laughs> Dan, I think about dying every day. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? You just, you get older, you have kids, you want to provide for them. Like, you know, I've been doing shit with my wife that I would have never thought about doing, like setting up wills and like all this different shit that, yeah, yeah, yep. you know, before a couple of years ago, I just frankly didn't really care about. So, mm-hmm. you know, in health and stuff, you just kind of start thinking like, you know, it could happen. I could retire, but maybe I'll die before I retire. Like you don't really, you know, I, I kind of like what you said. I wouldn't say I'm scared of it. I don't necessarily have a fear of it, but I have been thinking about it a lot more than I did say a couple years ago. And I was going to tell Tony that. So this week I'm going to go a little lighter with my question. All right. And I'm going to throw it to Jason Nergevert, patron extraordinaire. And he asked a few, but the one I want to kind of hone in on is he says, what do you want to see Greta Gerwig tackle next? Now, we know she's going to be doing the Chronicles Chronicles of Narnia. She's already been attached to that. But I'm assuming he means beyond that. So what do you think I'm going to say, Nicholas? Batman. <laughs> that would actually be amazing. Horror. Let's get a Greta Gerwig-directed horror film. No fucking question that would rule the world. She was in House of the Devil, which was a horror movie that I absolutely love, directed by Ty West. But let's get her behind the camera in the director's chair doing this really kind of vintage, gritty horror movie with a lot of like characters that we can connect to and that we care about. And then they get killed or like whatever. Like, 
I don't know. I feel like it's going to happen. I mean, what do we got? We got the like romantic kind of, I guess you would call this a romantic comedy, Barbie. I don't, uh, existential. No. It's definitely comedy. It's a, co- a dramedy, I guess. I don't know. Musical dramedy. Yeah. Ish. You can't really, Something. you can't really. And then you got little there's women. A of, there's a lot of genre pegs this fits into. I know. Lady Bird, which was kind of a coming of age film. So, I mean, come on, let's get her a horror movie. That's my answer. You wouldn't be into that? You're telling me you wouldn't line up to see a Greta Gerwig horror movie? Let's be honest. I'd line up to see a Greta Gerwig movie, yes. period. Dad, I remember but I why does it. it have to be in a sub-genre that's just not good? Well, he just said, what do I want to see her tackle next? And that's all I'm saying. So, there you go. I already told you guys. Like He, he, he admitted it to me weeks ago. He's not a horror guy anymore. <laughs> Doesn't like him. Never said it. Never Hates said him. it. All right. Thank you guys so much for the feedback this week. We appreciate it as always. Who even is Mia Goth? He always says to me. He's uh, like, I don't even think about her anymore. God, thanks for making me think about her. It's been a couple hours. Uh, thank you guys for the comment section this week. Nicholas, as always, thank a joy you. to get together with you and discuss things. And obviously, I really love Barbie, as you did yourself. So great to discuss it with you, buddy. It was a good time. Next week. Man, and- Go ahead. Speaking of ex, speaking of existential dread, yeah. Next week we're talking about Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, which I just saw this afternoon. Yes. And why have thoughts? I have many, many thoughts. Can't wait to talk I about. I don't want to say anything on the episode, but I saw it a few nights ago as well. And I'll just say I'm really excited to discuss that film. I was texting with a friend of mine earlier who has also seen it. And he's like, "What do you think?" I tried to find your episode. He thought we did it, you know, this week or whatever. And I'm like, well, we're not doing it for another week. We're doing Barbie. And I'm like, I can't believe I got to wait a week to talk about this. So I'm not putting my yeah, review on Letterboxd. It's going to be tough. I haven't put my rating on Letterboxd. I'm trying to keep, you know, aside from just, you know, that I liked it. I'm not really saying anything else. So this is, I mean, this is where Gerald thinks I like follow him on social media or pay attention nah, to anything no. he does. I should have so, known better. You know, I should have known He probably could have posted it everywhere. And I would have been like, well, you hey, he posted it somewhere. Hey, huh? you know, Danny boy came with me to that screening and we have like 20,000 views on our little reaction video. At I IMAX. know. I know. I saw, I saw that. But you weren't one of them. So that's fine. Some, someday. No. Cause I, cause I don't, I don't, I don't want watch. You I don't watch out of the theater. I don't reactions. want you to anyway. I, I so it's perfect. I don't watch them. Good. Please don't watch them. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> All right. Go play with Barbies, man. I love you. I'll see you. Uh, we'll drop some bombs on these people next week. We'll talk about Oppenheimer. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, you know, take take good care of yourselves. Be good to yourselves. And, you know, find it. Do please uh, feed uh, homework for the audience. Find yourself just a small victory sometime this week. Some some small, beautiful, amazing little thing that you can celebrate. And, and and please do so. We all need to take time in our lives to celebrate more of the good things that we do and more of the good things that happen to us in our lives, you know, versus being so critical of ourselves, being so down on ourselves. I very personally have been very, very down on myself lately. So, you know, find find ways to celebrate the good things that you do, the good person that you are uh, in your life every day. You know, find find good ways to, to 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 build yourself up. Please do that for me. Very well said, man. I'll do what I can. I'll report back to you next week. I love you, though. Everybody but you. You. Oh, you I don't know. have to do it? No. no, you don't have to do it. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you next week. We'll talk Oppenheimer. <laughs>